Well, good morning. Again, again. Uh, wasn't that, isn't, aren't baptisms amazing? Aren't they always awesome to see? Thank you. You can clap, clap for that, Justin. Yeah. I mean, isn't it amazing whenever people say yes to Jesus and then we're like, they want to follow through with that? I love that. I love that. If that's something that you've been thinking about, you've been considering, talk to me, talk to Justin, Kristen, anybody. Grab somebody. Grab your community group leader. And because uh, we want to, we want to talk to you about that. We want to um, walk with you on that, on that particular part of your journey of faith because it is glorious. I mean, the angels rejoiced in heaven for Adeline today. Isn't that, I mean, when you stop and think about it like that, that's amazing how that happens. So, okay, I start with a question for you this morning, and I hope your answer is yes. <laughs> uh, would you agree that as followers of Christ, it's essential for us to face challenging truths that Jesus shares with us head on. Would you agree? Okay, all right. I'll ask it again. Would you agree <laughs> that as followers of Christ, it is essential for us to face the truths that he teaches to us head on, to look at them and not shy away from it? Do you agree with that? Okay, much better. So in the Sermon on the Mount, we're about to look at a verse in Matthew chapter five, and then we're actually gonna end up in a first chronicles so it, we're, we're kind of a couple places today but we're going to start with this one verse in matthew chapter 5 today which on its own you go I, i'm not sure about this what does this mean but it's the beginning of, of how i want us to to view our situation our circumstances where we are today and the reason i asked you if you believe that it's important for us to face what jesus says to us head on it's because he says something here in Matthew 5 that we have to, he, he just says it. There's, there's no like, is that what he meant? Is that not what he meant? He was very clear. And when he said it to the listeners in the Sermon on the Mount, they were like, this is crazy teaching. This is culture defying. This is mind bending almost what you are presenting to us, Jesus. And yet you're saying, if we want to be part of your kingdom, that's the kind of stuff we need to do. This is how we need to live. This is how we need to think. This is how we need to love other people. So in the Sermon on the Mount, if you will, picture Jesus, and he's standing before, he's up on a hilltop, and he's standing before just a crowd of people. And he is, he's delivering these culture-defying kingdom ideas, each one challenging whatever their status quo was at the time. And like I said, this might initially strike you as a bit peculiar, but Jesus says this in verse 41 of Matthew chapter 5. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for one mile, carry it two miles. If a soldier demands you carry his gear for one mile, you carry it for two miles. That, has, that does not resonate with us today at all. But here we go. In Roman-occupied territories, right, in the Roman Empire, in order to keep the peace and to make people still understand they were under Roman authority, they would station soldiers, just like they did here in Judea, where Jesus was speaking. So all in the Roman Empire, there would be Roman soldiers stationed, and it was a requirement. It was an unwritten law, but it was a requirement. You knew it if you were, if you were being occupied by the Roman people, that if a soldier came up to you and said, you're carrying my gear for a mile, no matter what you were doing, no, whatever, if you're a civilian, didn't matter if you were Jewish or Gentile or anything else, if, if, no matter what you were doing, they could say, you're carrying my gear for a mile, and you do it. 
It was a requirement. You had to do it. And so people hated this, obviously. People resented this. They resented this law. They resented, first of all, they resented Rome being there anyway. And now they resent that there's this law. So can you imagine, I think you can, with this wildly unpopular Roman requirement, Jesus stands up and says, hey, don't just go a mile, go two. Don't just go a mile, go two. Why, can you, the response had to be, this is nuts, this is crazy, why do that? What would be the point? Why would we want to honor them? Well, here's what I want you to understand. This is, maybe this is the question to ask instead. What is this second mile teaching all about? What is Jesus saying beyond carry their pack for another mile? What is he trying to get to? What is he trying to get his followers to understand and see? Jesus is saying this. I propose, and I say I propose this. Actually, people a whole lot smarter than me also propose this, which is why I've come to this conclusion as well. But Jesus is saying, if you want to follow him, if you want to be a part of his kingdom, if you want to be in his family, the choice his followers will make will be second mile kind of choices. You will be different. You will stand out. You will respond differently. You will. If you are a follower of me, Jesus says, you are going to make second mile kinds of choices. He's teaching them to be like him. To step out beyond what others do. We know to step out sacrificially because that's what he did. Ultimately, what Jesus models for us is this. Impact is made in sacrifice. Real impact, real kingdom impact is made in sacrifice. Now, today I'm introducing our step out giving initiative. And we're going to look at what it means for us to go the second mile, to step out in faith in our giving and make an impact. Now, this is the, uh, the first time in four and a half years of our existence as the Porch Community Church that we've had any kind of giving campaign or giving initiative, but it's an important, necessary aspect of the life of our church. Now, I'm certain there are visitors here today, and I'm really glad that you're here. I'm super glad you're here. I know there's some of you that have been coming for a while, but you haven't officially partnered in ministry, and I'm really glad that you're here and you're checking this out. Um, And if you're considering making the porch your church home, it's important for you to to hear this too. But I want to speak specifically to ministry partners just for a moment, okay? If you're a ministry partner, when you partnered with the porch, you made a commitment to support the church with your faithful giving. And for some, that commitment of faithful giving or giving with regularity is not being fulfilled. It's lacking second mile action. It's lacking second mile intentionality. Friends, Jesus says go the second mile to be like him, to step out beyond what others do, to step out sacrificially. Now, I think it's important for us to to address scripturally. So we're going to look at at a passage in, in 1 Chronicles in just a moment. I think it's important for us to address scripturally what I, what I believe could be, and I, I want to just go ahead and knock these out, kind of address them and move them to the side. 
what I think could be some main reasons why people may not give or may not give regularly. And I know there could be a, so many reasons, but I just want to list three that I think of. And three that, that actually have been in my heart and mind before at times in my life. So a mindset that some people might have for not giving, not, not being regular in their giving, is this mindset of, listen, if there's a specific need and a specific ask, then I'll specifically give. Just tell me. Let me know. What is it? When is it? Where is it? How much is it? And I'll be a part of it. To that reasoning, if that happens to be how you think about it, I humbly, humbly reply that there are always specific needs going on in your church. Now, they're not glamorous needs, so we don't do a celebratory social media post about paying the utility bills. <laughs> Yay! Right? But there are ongoing specific needs. There are needs like the utilities and the campus facilities. We have six acres here. And insurance and ongoing ministry needs and licenses and subscriptions and uh, you know, we got to eat, you know, salaries and, and donuts. We can't forget the donuts, right? All these things, these are ongoing, not very glamorous, specific ministry needs. So if that's kind of your mindset of, no, just tell me and I'll do. I'm, I'm humbly telling you now, we always have specific needs. Now, another reason that people might not give or might not give regularly could be the mindset of, well, I, you know what? I don't really think anyone's missing my giving, um, because everything seems to be running without me. Okay? If that's been your reasoning, just know this. It's not that we don't need your participation in the giving. It actually means that someone else has been going beyond the second mile. People have been going third, fourth, and fifth mile to cover for those who are not going the second mile. I want to share a couple of numbers with you. We currently have what we would call giving households. We have 187 giving households in our church. Now, example, I'm a ministry partner. My husband, Drew, is a ministry partner, and our daughter, Mallory, is a ministry partner. So that's three ministry partners, but together we are one giving household. So you see how that, that works. If all, just, if all 187, that's 187 different households have given this year. That could be an individual, a couple, a family. If all 187 giving households stepped out with that second mile intentionality, with that second mile mindset, not only do we cover all the ongoing non-glamorous stuff, which we are covering, right? It's not like we're not paying our bills and stuff. We're, we're good. But not only do we take care of those things, but you know what? We wouldn't have had to have a special offering last week for our Central American mission trip. We would have just been able to fund straight out $17,400 for 11 adults to go to Central America in February. Just from our second mile, go in the second mile, being intentional, regular, faithful giving partners. So is your giving missed? Yes. Yes, it is. The financial needs are here every month, all year long, and your giving's needed. Now, here's the third reason that people may not give or don't give regularly. And I'll tell you, this is where my mindset was for a long time. And it's this. I just can't afford to give away my money. <laughs> I just can't afford to give away my money. And you, you would not be alone in that thinking at all. 
But I want to suggest a slight perspective shift to you. And I want to do it through scripture. Okay, addressing all three of these reasons. But this one especially. Listen to what David says. You know, we, we praise and, and Justin prayed for us about just being thankful, having a heart of praise and thanksgiving before God. Listen to this prayer. Listen to what David says in light of these three reasons and see if they, they jibe because I don't, I don't think they do. David, verse 10 of 1 Chronicles chapter 29. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Say that with me. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? And then this just hits it home, friends. Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. God, everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. See, for the mindset of I just can't, I just can't afford to give away my money, the shift in our perspective needs to be when I give, instead of, instead of me viewing this as my resources, giving away my money, view it instead as that we're partnering in ministry with God, with his resources. You know, we were very intentional when we started as a church that we weren't going to have members. We weren't going to have organization where you pay dues, but we were very intentional in saying we are ministry partners we are partnering with God, and we're partnering with one another to have an impact for the kingdom of God. We're partnering with him. God, everything we have comes from you. So here's the deal. When you give to your church, here's what you're doing. You are returning to God what is his. And you're collaborating with your church for greater ministry impact. And so in order for us to increase I want us to increase ministry impact. As I'm talking about today, I don't, I don't have like in the back of my mind, like, you know, I, I know some of our young adults are like, hey, let's build some pickleball courts. Like I don't have in the back of my mind, let's build some pickleball courts or something like that. It'd be kind of cool, but that's not where my mind is going, right? As I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about ministry impact in our local community, regionally, globally. This is the whole reason we're having this conversation. Because see, in order, but in order for us to increase ministry impact that word impact is important that means it's felt it's recognized it's noticed you can see it right in order for us to have ministry impact we've got to do what jesus said and he said you follow me you step out and you go the second mile 
You go the second mile. So I want to present to you the why. Here's the why of this step out initiative. A couple of reasons. I would call these second mile goals for, for 2024, really. The first one is this. I, I, would, I want so much for us to be able to increase the financial support that we already provide, not just financially, but with our presence as well, but to increase the financial support we already provide to our current community ministry partners, okay? We currently partner with Living Bridges, with the Wesley Foundation, and with the Mailbox Club, okay? These three organizations, if you were here at our ministry celebration Monday night, you heard from a representative from each one of these groups talking, saying thank you for how we've participated, how we've come alongside of them this year. Listen, all of these groups, they're right here in Valdosta, okay? What I love about Living Bridges is they're like, we want to help people up out of their current circumstances, right? So people are coming up out of poverty, coming up out of addiction, coming up out of abusive relationships and repetitive decision-making in their life that's just not good. I heard a testimony on Tuesday night at their banquet of a, of a mother, five kids, who came as a client initially, and now she's coming on staff. Like how their life is changing. Lives are being changed. We support them, and we are there alongside of them. We wanna, I want to do more of that. I want us to be able to do more. Went to the Mailbox Club banquet uh, last month. Some of you were there as well. Over 300,000 <laughs> 300, kids. Okay, let that sink in for a minute. Over 300,000 kids this year across the globe said yes to Jesus through the Mailbox Club lessons. And they're headquartered right here in Valdosta, Georgia, right there on Eager Road doing global impact. And I want us to increase what we are able to do to come alongside of them, to increase that. Not only, okay, so Wesley Foundation, listen, if you're at church any Sunday, if you're here on a Sunday night, if you're at anything that we do as a church, you see the fruit of the, the ministry that Wesley Foundation has. Because a lot of our students have been involved with Wesley, lead Wesley, are part of Wesley, and they're a part of our community. They're serving, they're, they're teaching, they're, they're leading worship. They're a part of it. The fruit of that, what's going on on the campus is phenomenal. And I want us to be able to, to do more for them, to do more. So we, I want us to go second mile with our three, thir, uh, three current community ministry partners. I'm going to keep those relationships going. All right, now not only that, here's the second goal for this step out initiative, okay, for us to be second mile in our thinking, is not only continue and increase the current three, but for us to actually officially partner with three new community ministry partners. We already have kind of a relationship with them. We want to increase it. We want to, we want to make it official, okay? Here's who they are. The first one is United to Prevent. Um, you may have heard of them. Uh, we, we had a, a night here, I don't know when it was, last spring maybe, a former UGA football player was here talking about, this is about suicide prevention, it's about mental health awareness, and the reality of, of the need for this, uh, to equip people, coaches, teachers, pastors, uh, adults, all of us that have any kind of uh, impact or presence with especially younger people, is for us to be able to walk alongside of them, let them know that this is not this is not the end of their story. 
So we want to walk alongside of them. Kairos, prison ministry. You've heard us mention that before. You may have baked some chocolate chip cookies for that. Okay. I think, if I'm correct, it costs about like 5500 to 7000 to put on a weekend. I would love for the Porch Community Church to say, we got you. We got this weekend. We've, we're going to cover everything that's needed, the food and everything, all the costs of everything that needs to happen so that people inside of prison hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and their lives are changed. Whether they ever walk out of that prison or not, uh, they're going to be walking out of a prison. So I want us to be able to do that. And then thirdly, you heard from Than last week. Than Grafham, he and his wife Megan have Hope Project International. That's who we're partnering with in February for our Central America trip. Not only do we want to be able to send some, you know, some teams to go out, but I would love for us to be able to walk alongside of them because they are doing mission. All, they're, they're having impact. Okay? They're having impact across many, many countries. Like it's being felt, it's being seen, it's being heard where they are putting people in homes that we might not consider a really nice home, but it is a home, and it brings stability and hope. And I want us to be able to partner with them. And we have relationships with them, but here's what, I want us to go second mile with them, okay? And here's the third, here's the third um, goal for our Step Out initiative, and it's this. For us, all right, I kind of already addressed it. For us to be able to significantly fund mission teams that we send out from this church, whether it's students, whether it's high school, college, middle school, adults, but for us to be able to significantly fund it. Now, I love fundraisers. I think it raises awareness, and I think it's good to have skin in the game for participants to be able to be part of it. But my goodness, folks, just to be real for a minute, like just transportation costs alone the last couple of years have been killer. I mean, my friend Justin's nodding his head up here like, mm-hmm. I mean, so, so, but for us to be able to significantly fund, because here's what we want to do. We want to make going out and serving possible, not impossible. And I'm telling you, if we just, each and every one of us, do our part, our part, just second mile, our part, it happens. This happens. All of this happens. I've done the math, and I'm not good at math, but I'm pretty sure I was good with that math. It happens. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but all these impact goals are about our community. They're outside the walls of the church. We've been able to maintain what's going on inside the church. And we've been able to go maybe like a mile and a half with a couple of groups outside of the church. But friends, I want us to go second mile. I want us to go second mile. This is what I want. I want for our church to be able to do, to be able to celebrate, to be able to rejoice in. Now, I, I do want to say this. I think it's really important to stress this point. This giving initiative is not about, I've looked at a sheet and I've seen all of our ministry partners and I'm going, okay, I need, I need Nikki to give this much and I need Ryan to give this much and if they can do that. No. I don't even know who gives what in this church and I like it that way. But this is what I do know. It's not about a certain dollar amount expected from you. This Step Out initiative is about this. It's about igniting your heart. It's about igniting your heart. It's about igniting your desire to give back to the Lord through your church so that we can have greater kingdom impact. That's what it's about. This is what it's about. 
So are you ready to step out? Are you, are you ready to step out? I, I hope some of you want to say yes, but you just are. Uh, here's, here's three steps I'm going to give you about stepping out. So if we're going to step out, we've got to step. All right, here's the first step we want to take. We've already done this one this morning. We've already done it. Here's the deal. When we talk about money, we freak out. We just do. I've had three different people pray for me this morning because I'm like, I'm talking about money. I don't know how people are going to receive it. I don't know. We freak out about it. This is the first and most important step that we can take regarding the Step Out Initiative. And it is this, praise and thanksgiving. Before we ever think about a number, before we ever think about writing something down or filling out a card, if you are a follower of Jesus, we need to be in a mindset, and is a heart set, is that a word? It is now, of praising and thanking God, giving him the glory. Look, go back and read 1 Chronicles 29, verses 10 through 14 later. Man, it is, that is a, that is a praise and a prayer to start your day. That is a, a prayer to start your week. That's a prayer to, to step into 2024. This is what David did. It's the first and most important step. It's about getting our heart and our mind right before God. Proper perspective, friends. If I don't put my heart and mind in proper perspective, I become Lord. I become Lord of my life. So I need that. So we need that. We should praise and thank God. And, and it could be something as I mean, it's countless ways, but we got to stop and think about it. Because a lot of us, we kind of have a, a mindset of, I'm, gonna, I'm grumbling about life. I'm kind of resentful about things going on. I'm kind of stressed out about this or that or the other. We need praise and thanksgiving so our mind and our heart is right before God. And then all of a sudden, what, I've, what I see happen in me is my eyes open up and I go, oh my goodness, he is so gracious to me. He, is so, he blesses me abundantly. This is what he, he's done. And it's things like, how generous he is, how he, I mean, specifics like for our families and for the incredible friends God surrounds us with or for our health, for our recovering health, for his presence with us when we're in, in a crisis of our health, for our home that we have, for our education, our job, our, our paychecks that come in, our community, our church. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are good to me. And we should praise him and thank him. Psalm 100, verse 4, it's like the Thanksgiving verse. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Not enter his gates with, with uh, stress and anxiety and anxiousness. <laughs> but no, we enter with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. We give thanks to him. We praise his name. He is Lord. He is Lord. So before we do anything else in this Step Out initiative, the first one is, for us to have our heart and our mind right. And that comes through praising God and thanking God. And then the second step we take in this process, and this is the one that's a kind of a doozy, is for you to actually sit down and examine your spending. <laughs> I'm going to feel like Dave Ramsey for a few minutes here. <laughs> examine your spending. This is when it gets real. This is when it gets real because you're hearing what I'm saying I mean, I've been in your spot before, and I'm like, yeah, but you don't know my finances. You're right. Examine your finances. Examine your spending. Look at it. This is a certainty. This is an absolute certainty. You cannot step out into the second mile 
if you haven't even gone the first. And I consider first mile like going, okay, God, you're, you're God, you're Lord, you bless me, you have you steps in one and two. Like, and this is the reality of where I am. This is, this, is, this is what I'm earning, this is what I'm making, this is what we make as a, together as a family. Here we are, this is what we have before us. The resources are yours, God, but we've got to go through that process. Otherwise, we don't know. And when I say examine your spending, like, oh, this is, this is rude. But just look at your last month's spending. Just go look in your bank. It, it, will, it will make you, it's not rude that I'm telling you. It will be rude to you when you see what you do to yourself. Like, just look at some of the, the negligibles that we spend on. And I'm not saying these things are bad at all. But when you look at them, okay, when you take things like uh, fast food and dining out and streaming services and coffee and entertainment and all these things that, you know, and clothing and, and, and accessories and stuff like that. You look at that, and I'm not saying those are bad, but you can come up with a number for that in your life. You can come up with a number for that. Here's, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. <laughs> Take that number, like months, like what do you do in a month, and compare it to what you've set aside to give to your church. Let me rephrase that. Take that number that you've spent in a month, and compare it to what you've set aside to give back to God through your church for, for a greater impact. It might be rude to you. It was rude to me <laughs> walking through that process. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Where is it? We know this verse for where your treasure is, that your heart will be also. Where's your heart? Where's your heart as a ministry partner? Where's your heart and you seeing your part to play in, in this global community that we live in? Where, where people, where beautiful kiddos like Adeline all over the globe hear about Jesus? Where's your heart when, when inmates who are locked up for life because they took someone else's life and they said yes to Jesus? Where's our heart for, for young adults who are in the, in, the, in the launching pad of their life, about to go forth and trying to figure out career and life and spouse and all these things, and yet they are just burdened and overwhelmed with anxiety and a sense of being lost. Where's our heart? Where's our heart? We want to come alongside of them. Listen. What we consider, what I consider, what, what we consider to be negligible in our daily spending, like, oh, I'll just swipe my card, I'll swipe my card, I'll swipe my card, I'll do that. It just comes out automatically. What we consider to be negligible in our daily spending can add up to great significance for God's ministry. Great significance. So the first step is praise and thanksgiving. And the second step is for us to actually examine, look at, look at your spending, look at where your heart is. And then the third and final step is you then step out. You then step out in faith because you know where you are. You know who God is. You put everything in proper position. God's first, not me, not mine, right? God is first. What I have belongs to him and I look at what I've been doing with those resources he has given to me. And then I step out in faith. We step out in faith. To step out obviously means you're moving from one place to another. So in this regard, what does it look like? To step out from your current level of giving, which might be 
nothing to step out to another. Is it, is it a step from zero to, to 2% of your income? Is it, is it from three to five? Is it from six to 10%, 10% being a true tithe? Listen, you prayerfully determine what you're able to contribute to kingdom work. And you do that by steps one through two. Drew and I just a few weeks ago, uh, two and a half weeks ago, as I was working on this message, because I had a couple of Sundays off, um, Justin did a message and then Than was here, so I had time. So I've been working on this. And as I was working on this and walking, developing these steps and walking through them, I was like, honey, we can do more. And, and I, love, I love the heart of my husband. He said, okay. I was like, okay. So we, we've increased our giving for the second time this year to the highest amount we've ever given before. After going through the first and second step, I realized we could go further. And this is what we know. Our giving, even just a few percent more than we were doing before, it adds up. It adds up to a significant amount when added to the faithful giving of other people who are stepping out, going the second mile. It adds up. It's, it's like it's that crazy God math that happens. It adds up. I mentioned a moment ago the 187 giving households, right? So just to give you an idea, if, if 13, 13 new giving households, so that means 13 giving group, couples, individuals, families, whatever, 13 who haven't been giving, have not given before, were to step out and just do their part, that would bring us to a nice round number of 200 giving households. So what? Okay, what's the significance of that? I'm glad you asked. The average household income of Lowndes County, household income of Lowndes County is $66,000. So if 13 new giving households began giving regularly, and I just used a random, I, I said 3%. If 13 new giving households with an average income, household income of $66,000 started to give 3% of that income, that would increase our ministry impact by over $25,000 a year. That's a so what. That's a Central American mission trip. That's a, hey, Mailbox Club, guess what? We're gonna, we're gonna help print um, 10,000 more lessons to go out to... Only the Lord knows where so that kids will hear the gospel. And not only kids, but then like their parents read it and their grandparents read it. It's so cool. Now, so take that. And now imagine every ministry partner, every ministry partner prayerfully considering how can I step out? How can I step out? This is where I've been. I've God, thank you for who you are, what you've done for us. This is where you are, Lord. What I have comes from you. And then looking at our, 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 our activity, our, how we're doing with our finances, and then going, okay, how am I going to step out? Imagine every ministry partner doing this. And friends, it's absolutely incredible what kind of ministry impact that we could have locally, but globally as well. When Jesus said, 
to go the second mile. He was encouraging his followers to go above, to go beyond what was expected, what everyone else was doing. Now, Porch Community, I'm pretty sure most of you have said, I, I follow Jesus. I'm following Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I mean, I'm, I'm following Jesus. If I see Jesus go that way, that's where I'm going. I'm following Jesus. Well, here's the deal. If we want to follow Jesus, if we want to follow Jesus, if we want to be where Jesus is, guess what? He ain't hanging out in the first mile. Jesus is in the second mile. If we want to be where Jesus is, we need to go the second mile too. That's where we need to go. So are you ready to step out? Are you ready to step out in faith? Step one, praise and thanksgiving. Step two, examine your spending. Examine what you're doing with your resources that God has given you. And step three, step out in faith. Now listen, we sat around the, the table in staff meeting on Monday trying to figure out the nuance of this next part. And I don't think it's ever, we've ever done a, a there's ever been a giving campaign that's happened this way. <laughs> we've got giving cards. We've got these cards, these step out giving cards. And we did not, we chose not to put them in your seat. We chose not to put them in your seat today. Because if we do that, even though some of you, like, you're, you're kind of on it. Like, you were always the one that got your homework done and stuff. Like, you're really good about that. And you know everything. Like, you, you, you know where you are financially. You can fill this out, no problem. You know what's going on. But then there's a lot of us, like me, who are like, I need a little bit of time. And so we didn't want to put these in your cards, in, in these cards in your seat today, because it kind of makes step one and step two insignificant if we did that. Right? Because we want you to spend time thanking God and praising God for how he has provided for you and gifted you and given you the ability to, to, to earn what you earn and to make what you make and to have what you have. He's done that. For you to be able to spend time praising him and then for you to be able to look at your finances. And I mean, some, I guess you could pull it up on your phone right now and do that. But, but we wanted you to think about it. And, and, and we're trying to be good stewards too. So we didn't want to print like 500 of these for 100 to come back. So we didn't put them in your seat. Next week, they'll be in your seat. The week after that, we'll have some in the seat. And this isn't a series. We're going to be moving into Advent this coming Sunday and moving towards just the, the beauty of, of that season leading up to Christmas. But we're going to keep this in front of you. What we want is we're going to keep this in front of us. We're gonna, you're going to hear about it. You'll get an email about it. You'll hear, us, you'll hear it in the announcement videos. There might be a special conversation about it here and there. But between now and January 14th, I'm asking every ministry partner to walk through these three steps. Anytime between now and January 14th. And when you're ready, when you're ready, you fill out this card. It says, in 2024, I'll step out in faith as a partner of the porch and will support the ministries of the church through prayer, regular worship attendance, and my financial contributions. I will partner by serving my church and community and will look for ways to share with those around me. You get, a, get to sign that. And then on the back side, it says, I'll step out in faith through my giving for 2024. And you, you get to say, this is what you're going to do. You're going to do it weekly, monthly, yearly? What's your plan? And then you get to tell us, is this an increase from 2023? Or is it the same as 2023? 
you get to let us know if you want us to remind you about your giving. Then you don't feel like you're being billed. You're just being reminded. And you let us know. So this is what we want you to be thinking about. Because as your pastor, I've got, I've got this desire for us to increase the ministry we're able to do with, with people who are, who are doing fantastic ministry. And we have the ability to come alongside of them more. And we have more, more opportunities with more people. And we want to be able to send out teams so where, where Justin and Allison aren't stressing over how they're going to be able to afford to get a group of students to a certain place for missions, which can be life-changing. Or where Brian and Josh aren't going, man, we got to raise some more money to get our team to Central America. These are the kind of things we want to be able to do. So, when you're ready for the next couple of weeks, fill out a card. We don't want you to take the card home. You can do steps one, two, and three. They're, they're not written on here. So, you do steps one, two, and three. And when you're ready, the card will be here for you. And when you're ready to fill it out, you'll fill it out here. And then we'll have, every week we'll have a basket. Today it's not really easy to see. But we'll have something there. And that's, that is set aside for your cards. And there's an envelope that goes with it. So you can keep it confidential. And it's between you and the Lord and, and the, the counting people who end up looking at these things. But not me. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart. That's what steps one and two are about. What you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. If you happen to be one of those people that does your homework and you know where you are and you're ready to do it, you can go to the connections desk after the service. And Taylor will give you a card and you can fill it out today and put it in that basket. But otherwise, they'll be here in the coming weeks. Let's pray together. Father, you are good. You are good. I want to pray. I want to pray for us, Chronicles, as, as the band comes back out and we lift up our voices to you in praise. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our Father Israel. From everlasting to everlasting, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven, and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted at, as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, God, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Receive our praise. Receive our thanksgiving. Receive our giving. In the name of Jesus, amen.